And welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today, we actually have one of my favorite people. He doesn't even know this, but he's one of my favorite people to watch because he always comes with a bang and knows what the hell he's talking about. Uh, none other than Jay Glazer. How you feeling today, man? I'm living the dream, man. How you doing? Man, I, I, I have no issues. I don't have any concerns, at least none you really want to hear about. How about that? <laughs> I always want to hear about people's issues, man. That's what I'm doing these days. That's what you... <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So look, you know, we we start each one of our shows uniquely by asking all of our guests the same question because people sometimes see you and they I guess they think you just like fucking fell out the sky. They don't know how you got to where you are. Yeah. But walk us through the arc of your career. You're a familiar face okay. to folks who watch the NFL and UFC. But talk to us about how you got your start in the business of sports journalism. Man, I, I got my start actually interned back in 1989 for uh, WFAN radio. And I kind of walked in that. I had no experience. And no education. I was doing stand-up comedy, boxing, bouncing, all that in New York. Um, and I, I just sold myself hard to the, uh, the programming directors over there. And they're like, man, if this guy does some comedy, then he got some balls. So maybe we'll give him a shot. And then once I got in there, I'm like, man, how could I be different? And I just try to stand out from everybody else. And I was one of the very few guys who got a second internship. Well, I did the same thing. That kind of got me to cover the Giants in 1993. Um, for a whopping uh, like zero dollars. Um, <laughs> but I walked to that giant locker room in 93. I'm like, man, how could I be different? And I looked at all the other reporters there and I said, man, if these guys work, you know, 40 hours a week, I'm not going to outwork them by a little. I'm going to outwork them by a lot. And I'll work, I'll work them by, you know, I'll, I'll go 100 hours a week. And um, and then and I think that's really the, the key to anybody. If you want to be great at something, just find out who the best is and do more than them, a lot more than that. And the other thing I did, I said, well, how could I be different from the other reporters? I felt they were using their pen as a weapon. I was going to start relationships. And I became really the first guy to have relationships with people in the NFL. And, um, and I got killed for that for a while. It, was, it did not go over well with my fellow reporters. But obviously, over time, you know, I kind of looked at it and said, I'm not going to go for the scoop. I'm just going to work the relationship. I also have more in common with these athletes than I did, like my fellow reporters at the time. You said that. The UFC end of it, I was very secretly fighting at the same time, like the underground, not not UFC level, but the underground. <clears throat> um, and I just had more in common. And listen, I got lucky, thank God, because the very first friend I ever had in that giant locker room was this goofy dude who grew up in Germany, who got drafted to replace Lawrence Taylor. And Lawrence is still on the team. And, you know, he got a big gap in his teeth. And Man, that, that guy was Michael Strahan. And that was the very first day. The two of us lashed on each other. And really, like, he didn't hang with the other players yet because he was – he didn't he didn't really get his his, his big break on the scene until year five. Mm. Um, and um, he just had to fight through everything. And same for me. It just took me a long time. It took me – the first 11 years of my career, I made about 9450 bucks a year. And I just looked at it and said, man, I'm just going to be relentless. And, and people look at this and – you know, your overnight success is, is really how much you can withstand and how my superpower was that I could get rejected more than anybody on the planet. And I just kept going and going and going until, you know, that 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 Internet thing came out. And um, I think it's going to be a hit, by the way. I think it's going to take off. And I became the first minute by minute breaking news guy in the country with me and a guy named Len Pasquarelli and John Clayton and, and, and Chris Mortensen. And at that time, like there was no crawl to bottom your screen before that. If everything was how do you get news from uh, <laughs> how do you get news what's up uh, how do you get news from uh, from newspapers 
And, you know, we, we started doing it minute by minute. And if you look at the way, you know, the business is now, it's all relationship-based and it's all how fast can you get that breaking news? It's immediate, right? So I did that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, uh, you know, 1999 was when I got my break. So however, however long that is, 20, what, what do we have? 24 years ago. 24 yeah. years. And now you're in rooms with like Sylvester Stallone, Al Pacino and Guy for Ferrer. I don't even know. I don't want to know what was going on. I just saw your <laughs> saw you in the in the background pop up. Yeah, that's a crazy <laughs> lunch I set up, man. Because you know, <laughs> look, just being around people too, and um, yeah, my life has gone from being the, the you know NFL insider to UFC insider to you know owning a, a Hollywood celebrity gym and in Unbreakable, um, and those guys kind of flock to it um, because I give them a safe haven. There's there's a you know no no one cares who you are in there. Well, just no influences. No influences taking pictures in there, right? No, no, there are. It's 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 great. Whatever they want to do, it's fantastic. <laughs> but there's no. Um, it's, I kind of give you a locker room, and you know, as you get more successful in life, you start becoming Mister and Ma'am, and people start treating you different, and you still just want to be a dude again. And that's what we kind of do in Unbreakable. But that particular day you're talking about is Stallone hits me up, and he was like, "Hey, uh, I just got this twenty-five thousand dollar grill." Uh, uh, or uh, I'm going to get these grill masters to come over. I guess, why are we going to do that? Let's just call Guy Fieri. He's like, really? You think you'd do that? I'm like, yeah, dude, you're Rocky. <laughs> so eventually, yeah, it became that where I called Guy to come over to his house. Sly asked, hey, you want to come watch a fight? And I'm like, yeah, dude, you're Rocky. Uh, got Guy to come over and cook for everybody. And I brought Strahan with me. So it was me, Guy, and Strahan. And then he brought Schwarzenegger, Pacino, David Blaine. So you had the Godfather, you had, uh, you know, <laughs> Rocky and Rambo, Terminator, and me and, you know, freaking Strahan and Guy Fieri. And then obviously we broke the internet that day. But it's just, hey, you, it's that's, just being authentic. That's that's the one thing. Love me or hate me. You know who I am, man. I'm authentic. I appreciate that. Before we get to your book, Unbreakable, in a second, we'll get there. We got to talk about football for a second. And and I'm, I'm from South Carolina. <laughs> um, I'm not really a Panthers fan, but whatever. But if you're the Panthers, who are you taking and why? And what do you make of their trade with the Bears? Um, yeah, I, I thought they were going to make the trade all the time because David Tepper always wants to make a big splash. I don't think there's any sure things in this draft, though. Um, there's no Joe Burrow or somebody like that. You know, there, there is, there's kind of, you know, marks against everybody. But makeup of a dude, um, the Alabama quarterback. It's like if he was 6'3", I you know, know that's, that's a man, big if have, for Frank Reich, though. That's a big if for Frank. Yeah, you never, ever, ever have to. This guy would be, you know, one of the best prospects ever because, man, he is, he's like a coach out there. So I, I kind of look for more makeup than, you know, the big physical size of somebody right now. Um, so that's who I go with. But I, you know, they just had dinner with both those guys. Um, I think, listen, I think the, the, the team that comes away with the biggest steal be Hendon Hooker, who's going to end up dropping because of his ACL. But if it didn't, he'd be right up there and, you know, one of those top four guys taken, I think. Um, you know, Will Levis don't really know what to make of him. Obviously, he has the perfect size. And it looks you know, like he's been in, it looks like he's been in, in the gym out there with right? you. <laughs> That's exactly what I texted. I texted the GM the other and said, damn, this dude's arms are huge. Um, <laughs> but there's, you know, listen, when, when a guy like Patrick Mahomes came out, there are teams like the Chiefs and the Saints, like clamoring to jump up and get over him. Or other teams, you know, he was he was the best 
interview anybody ever had. They're like, wow. And that's the makeup of somebody. But, you know, a, a, a guy like, you know, Bryce, I think he kind of has a similar makeup like that as well. He's just, you know, 200 pounds, if that. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, how do you <laughs> think that's going to, how do you think that's going to end? Not pretty. I think, you know, I, I think, um, I can't tell you how it's going to end right now because I think Lamar dug his heels in. I think the Ravens definitely dug their heels in. I, I think other teams, you know, whatever they think of Lamar, you know, there's been so much word out there about him wanting, you know, guaranteed contract, where they're just not going to do. Um, there's, you know, been rumors out there that, well, he, he kind of held in last year at the end. Um, and he's like, no, I was hurt. And so that, I think, is whether those are true or not, there are teams that have kind of thought that about it. So I just – but you're right. It's like you have this guy who's an MVP caliber player. If I'm one of these teams, instead of trading up for an unknown, I would trade up for him as long as he doesn't want a guaranteed contract. And he's only one year older than Hendon Hooker. Yeah, I mean that, that's. I mean the guy can play. The, the guy can play. <clears throat> I understand there's been injury, you know, concerns the last two years uh, about him, but there's been a lot of quarterbacks been banged up quite a bit the last couple of years. He's a known quantity that you know can get you where you need to go. How's Aaron Rodgers going to do in New York compared to Green Bay? Which is um, and how does that change the division? <laughs> Man, that'll be interesting. Just because the media out there and how sensitive he is. Aaron's a sensitive dude. And he and he and he reads everything. Everything. Well, if I'm Aaron, I don't listen to any radio. I don't read a thing whatsoever. I just play. And you know what? Joe Douglas, the GM out there, has done a really good job putting together a good young roster. Um, so I think if he steps in there, Aaron will. Yeah, I think and, – and Aaron also is the type that does the Michael Jordan thing. Like he'll, he'll, and, and Mahomes has this too, where he's going to figure out a way. He's going to get so angry, and you know, he'll, he'll use that to his advantage. And he definitely has that with the Packers right now. He want, he's going to want to stick it to them. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. All right, let's talk about this book, Unbreakable and the paperback release. Important questions. What is it about and why did you write it? Well, it's, you know, it's called Unbreakable, you know, how I turn my depression, anxiety into motivation and you can too. And you've all seen the, the happy-go-lucky fun Jay Glazer on, you know, TV for all these years. And that's character I built up because I was born with depression, anxiety, ADD, throwing a little bipolar, have it all, I just hit it. And, um, and it was painful for a long time and got me in some trouble. And 
Um, but it was just, it was lonely and painful. And, you know, one thing God blessed me with is the ability to communicate. And I wanted to be, be really the first to come out and give mental health words. And what I mean by that is we, you know, we say mental health, we say anxiety, we say anxiety, we say depression, but no one's describing it for all of us out there. And I wanted to use what God blessed me with to really describe it. So to give us all the words so we could have this discussion with our friends and our wives and our husbands and our kids and, you know, especially like what kids are going through nowadays, but I want to do it in an entertaining fashion. So I use a lot of colorful language because the gray ain't pretty. And I call my depression anxiety the gray because um, that's what I see every morning. And for me, it's a, it's a daily battle. It's every single day I get up, always ask for my life. I get up and it's hard for me to get out of bed. I got to make that decision and get out of bed. And then once I do, I'm relentless. But, you know, as I started leaning into my friends a year and a half ago when I wrote this book, um, I guess I was a little surprised with every single one of them. It's brought us closer together. Yeah. And no one's told me to suck it up or call me a wuss or anything like that. And this is, I told you, Strahan's my oldest friend, you know, 93. I never told him till a year ago that, you know, I just couldn't go out to dinner because I had this massive anxiety attack. Just couldn't do it. Let me ask you so, this question. Though. Let me ask yeah. you this. I mean, it, and it's important work that you're doing. I mean, I, I wrote in my book a chapter about anxiety in particular black men and how we don't, yeah. we don't take our mental health seriously enough. And you're encouraging men to tend to their mental health. Why, why do you think it's such a heavy lift for so many men? I mean, it was for me for all these years and I thought I was an open book. Um, it's always been taboo and I'm trying to smash that taboo. And, you know, look, I, I go and I talk to these, talk to the Vikings and Seahawks this year about this. And I said, you know, our physical scars, we brag about. You, you break an arm, you get a cast, everybody signs it, right? And I said, you guys don't just work on your physical. Like, you don't just catch passes when you have the drops. You don't just run 40s when you think you're, you know, you, you're getting slower. You do it all the time, right? You're constantly running sprints. Well, why don't we do that with mental health? It's time we kind of take our mental health and, and throw as much attention to our mental health as we do our physical health, because um, that's where it all starts. Hey, every single sport, everything we do starts between the ears, behind the rib cage. But instead, we're just too reactive. We only go to a therapist when the sky's falling, and that's too late. So I'm trying to get us all now to, and again, you give people the words so we can get out ahead of it and not just build up mental health, but build up mental wealth as well. And that's where it's all going to come from. It's going to come from between our ears, whether we, you know, succeed. Again, my, my mental health, because I have the depression and anxiety, it actually got me to where I was okay being rejected for 11 years for a full-time job. You know, I, I already kind of existed in that, in that world of, of, you know, rejection and, and feeling low. And, and so there's ways we could actually use our depression and anxiety and we can weaponize it. And we can use it to help ourselves to find more success and to increase our relationships. And that's a lot of, you know, what I'm what I'm really trying to put out there in the book. A lot of a lot of people don't have this opportunity that I have with you, Jay. So I, I wanted to ask a personal question that I can. I mean, if any other listener gets it out of it, then so be it. But I wanted to take this from you. I've got a son and I've always wanted to better understand how I can raise a son that's dialed into how he feels. How much of this book speaks <laughs> to fathers in their roles in helping boys understand how they feel? So much because again, you said like, dude, don't talk about it. We're terrible with it. So this at least is <coughs> words to start the conversation with their kids, but also show their kids they understand them. I can't tell you how many 
you know, a lot of girl dads have reached out and said, thank you for the first time. I know now how to connect with my daughter or what she's going through. And I love the girl dads are usually started with, I don't have it, but my kid has, and I'm like, okay, you have, because clinical, so I'm able to, that's what gives me my, my expertise, if you will, on this, not my schooling, my suffering, but social media makes us all think our lives suck. Doesn't matter who you are, right? We're, we're constantly comparing ourselves to somebody else's filtered fraction of a second or the highlights of a day. And it's not real. And it makes us feel lousy about ourselves. So we're all going through something. Or, you know, Twitter, you're constantly seeing people get bullied nonstop. It's mean tweets all day long that messes with your mental health. So every single one of us is going through something. Or we also just came through a pandemic. We had to isolate. I mean, the worst of the worst in jails are afraid of being put in isolation. So we all have this. Okay? It doesn't matter if it's my level. We're all going to go through this, right? And for you to be able to connect with little man over there on this at an early age, it's huge. That's what I'm trying to do. So, you know, not just connect with him after he has a problem. Connect early on, right? Hey, I'm with you. This I'm the, a lot of my book. I say I'm walking. We walk this walk together, and that's what I'm trying to get you all to do. And how have men responded to the book? Oh, unbelievable! So I went down to the USFL. There's 500 football players. Gave a speech to all of them. 500 of these guys. 500, you know, hardcore dudes who, you know, all kind of fighting for their football lives. Of the 500, I'm going to say about 480, I think 20 took off before everyone lined up to thank me. So, oh my gosh, I've dealt with this. I've, you know, I had to go through this. I, man, I didn't, I didn't know everybody else had this. And once they started talking to me about it, they all started talking to each other. I always tell these guys, lean into each other. There's not enough therapists out there for us yet. So lean into each other. When my, I have my great A's, I call Strahan now, I call The Rock. The Rock wrote the foreword of my book and he never does book forwards, but he's like, you're going to be the voice for the grave for all of us, him included. So he goes through it too. So the most successful people in the world go through it. I, I call usually four people um, when I'm having bad days and tell them, and it's just gotten us so much closer. And then they started doing it with other people. So if I could just start a groundswell like that, if I do it with four and then they start doing with four and they start doing with four, then we're going to be much better off as a society. You got twin, four-year-old twins. So they, they are, they are part of <laughs> people hear them in the background all the I time. I just got engaged to a twin. So no, I know. I, I saw it. Congratulations. Yeah. Boy, this, marriage, it. this marriage thing. You got, that's, you got another job now, Jay. A no doubt, man. Job. You know what? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have felt worthy of it. Had I not, we were together before and I sabotaged it because I didn't think we were, um, that I was worthy of it. So because I've done, all this work with everybody and I've learned so much for the first time I've said, okay, now I'm not going to push her away. I'm, I'm going to say, okay, I'm worthy of, I'm worthy of this love. It's really changed my life. I'm, I, I could see in the pictures you were happy and, and yeah. my wife is my partner and best friend and that <laughs> happiness gets you, especially when you have, I, I suffer from, from anxiety. When you have those type of issues, it helps get you through. One of my last questions for you is about uh, athletes. Uh, do you think that athletes are the opposite where they tend to understand the role that your mind plays in performance. What's been your experience with the way that they interact with mental health and mental issues or these difficult issues that they have to go through? I mean, they're so cerebral, many of them. Yeah, but they, they hide it. And then again, once I've gone in these locker rooms and they're like, Oh, it was like, once I start talking about it and it's actually in these meeting rooms, I start talking about it. You hear a collective. 
oh, someone's out there talking about it. Okay, it's not just me. I'm not alone. Especially when I talk about these anxiety attacks that, that we all suffer from. Um, they think it's just them. For me, I thought I was having a heart attack for all those years. And, you know, my, my hands shake, my eyes go all over the place. My heart starts beating. I start sweating. And this is while I'm on TV. This isn't even like it just off by myself. This is while I'm on camera. And once I start describing this, all that's what I'm saying. All these guys come over like, oh, I thought it was just me. Thank God. it's. I'm like, <laughs> like thank God it's you too. Um, but once you realize you're not alone in something, it's much easier to walk this walk together. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's easier to get help. That's true. I, I'm I'm happy to that we were able to have this time together on the show. Tell folk how can they find the book and follow yep. you on social media. Anywhere, go to at Jay Glazer. Um, the book again is called Unbreakable. Again, on Amazon, get at Barnes and Noble, wherever you buy books. Comes out in paperback, uh, middle of April, but it's out in hardcover right now. It's also on Audible, where I actually do the uh, I read it myself. That was a hard, wasn't it? I did my book on Audible and I, I forgot how to read because you write words <laughs> that you don't. You write words you don't ever use throughout your daily No, I wrote this exactly how I talk. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Curse words and everything. Oh, no, I did it because it's not, it's not, you know, what I'm talking about isn't pretty. I want to be real. And some people go, I can't believe he's using this language. I'm going to be as real as, as I can with this because I think that's what we need with this. There's, there's no way to dress it up. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining the show, Jay. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And I, I have I respected you in the utmost. I have a newfound respect with you it, after this. So thank you. Congratulations on the wedding. I appreciate it. Hey, by the way, the book is not only about the gray. There is so much. There's football stories. There's fight stories. There's things we use to train our athletes at Unbreakable, which also we use in business is, you know, again, we're, we're talking about mental health. But we're trying to trying to build up mental wealth as well. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Jay. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Be easy.